What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain i've been talking about the truff hot sauce for a couple podcasts now have you guys tried it yet? Like seriously though, have you tried it yet? Because until you try it, like all of this talking is going to be pretty meaningless. Until you actually get the truff hot sauce in your mouth, you're not going to understand truff hot sauce. It's not possible. And it has the flavors of both a traditional hot sauce, something that has a little bit of heat, but then it also has that truffle flavor. And the way that they're married together, it's going to blow your mind. Like there's just no denying that. And I really hope you guys try it out and again the packaging is incredible the whole thing is incredible from the ingredient quality to the taste to the presentation you guys are really going to dig it their instagram name is at sauce if you want to check out some of the things that they do with it i'm always experimenting with it like seeing which things i can add it to which things i really enjoy from soups to sandwiches to deviled eggs to whatever i can think of that i would put hot sauce on like i'm always trying it with this some things are better than others and that's something you'll be able to find but damn, the stuff is just good on its own. So I really encourage you guys to check it out. Where you want to go is truffhotsauce.com slash Aubrey. And that's T-R-U-F-F hotsauce.com slash Aubrey. And use the code word Aubrey for 15% off. I think that's like the best code word out there. So definitely use code word Aubrey and try the Truff Hot Sauce. Jason Harris is the founder and CEO of Mechanism, an ad agency in New York that has pretty much the dopest office I've ever seen. He's also the author of The Soulful Art of Persuasion and a good friend. I have a great time on this podcast. I think you guys are really going to dig it as well. Really gives keys to understanding human nature, which includes us ourselves. Enjoy the show. Jason. Hey, what's up? What's happening, man? What's up, man? We now hold the record for the most interesting conversation before the conversation, before the conversation <laughs> yeah, that we've we had on a podcast. Wow. That's good. We won't even go into it. My, my head's not on straight now. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to leave people with the mystery <laughs> yeah. of what, what transpired right. before. Uh, wow. That, was, that a, was that a boat? I think that was the time, to, time for us to start talking. Yeah. That's a was clock. That a, that, that was what was that there was a giant there's a foghorn sounding there is uh the hudson river is right hudson behind river you, so that was a boat that was a boat and that yeah. is actually a fog horn uh i'm not a horn expert but <laughs> i think it was you, probably a foghorn yeah, yeah but it's not foggy so what was he doing just showing off maybe someone got in his way and that's his and, only, oh, the only way a, he can say a, get out of my a, way it's a ludicrous move bitch get <laughs> yeah, out the way horn yeah, exactly. also yeah so uh. that's his horn I understand. I don't, is there another horn on a boat or just a fog? Nope, horn? probably just one horn. So it's used for a, fog, used for been, swimmers, for, for battle Could have been a jet skier. Could have been, uh, been anybody. Swimmer, training uh -huh. for a triathlon. We don't know. We don't know. No. He's just got one horn. He That's doesn't it. have like, here's the fog horn. <laughs> yeah. and here's, here's the, the ludicrous other. horn. <laughs> here's the ludicrous Here's the fog <laughs> horn. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're obviously not sea captains, but what you are is captain of probably one of the dopest offices. I mean, I've been in a lot of places especially in new york city this is one of the most amazing places i've seen man thanks man i appreciate that i went to your other place it was dope this place shits on that place yeah that's why we moved up to this place yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i wouldn't say it shits on it no it kind of shits on all it. all right fine i it's, mean the other place was cool yeah but the highlight was that the highlight was that gorilla Snowflake, with the yeah. with the with the plant mohawk yeah yeah that was your centerpiece you yeah. know you know now where that now guy is falls in the now he's just kind of hanging out in yeah. the corner because it's not a big deal because nah. your fucking whole place is so dope yeah thanks man yeah I appreciate man. that killing man. it you know that's the advertising business yeah. you know what i mean you gotta you gotta look successful uh, yeah so it's kind of like being a rapper 
uh similar very similar gotta, yeah. like, even if you're not like selling gold records platinum records right. you gotta have a gold or platinum that's chain. true that's so but no one ever made an advertising agency horn you know what i mean so that's, <laughs> that's like that's the true. difference is uh, uh rappers are a little uh -huh. more prestigious i think yeah <laughs> well i don't know i mean i think a lot of rappers would like to have this office oh that's yeah, for sure. yeah yeah all right so yes sir tell us about your tell us about your agency uh mechanism or creative agency been around about uh no c huh no c no c m-e-k yeah a-n-i-s-m and uh, we've been around 13 years came up with a name uh tommy means one of my partners came up with the name mechanism and uh, we went online to get the name with the CH, and mm. it was taken. So instead of doing a .net or some other bullshit, we just changed it to a K, and that's how we got Stronger the move. Yeah, strong move, yeah. But, you know, I, I'll create a better story after this podcast <laughs> <laughs> on the name. But uh, we're a creative agency. We got four offices, New York, SF, Chicago, Seattle. We work on big brands like Charles Schwab, Alaska Airlines, uh alaska airlines is pretty good yeah it's good, actually it's, it's kind of a, a sleeper airline. it is a sleeper right. it's kind of a sleeper like i really kind of hate most airlines and i took they alaska treat you well and alaska Their customer like services oh. no joke oh no joke all right yeah they're a great brand you're uh, not responsible for that but nonetheless good choice no we in, don't uh, we don't train the employees but you know we we talk yeah. about their qualities yeah. in our advertising uh peloton's a big one we've been working on peloton for four years mm -hmm. when people when they were trying to sell a $3,500 bike, in-home bike. Uh, so we've sort of seen their meteoric rise. It's been a great brand. Yeah. yeah. You ever been on a Peloton? We have a Peloton in the suite that we have here in New York. And uh, that's the closest I've been to it. Whitney tried to turn it on. It wouldn't turn on, and then I didn't do it. But I'm not a big bike dude. Like, I don't yeah. like going to... Uh, what is that? Soul Cycle. Yeah. And I don't like don't doing Don't act like those. you don't know what it's called, dude. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Uh, soul what's cycle? That? What's yeah. That thing? yeah. What's Meanwhile, that thing? I'm doing tap backs all day <laughs> yeah. long. You know what tap back is? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uncovering more of your soul cycle knowledge. Unreal. You hit all the corners. You know uh -huh. what to do. Yeah. yeah. Peloton's I mean, way I've been better. there before. Peloton blows soul cycle away. It's the best. Yeah. Because you're you like, try. so you're connected virtually to a bunch of different people. You're cycling. They got little weights on the back of the bike. <laughs> yeah. You can like pump it out a little bit, little yeah. beauty bells, you know? Yeah, yeah. Get well, some it's shit a done. You know, it's a community. You connect with the riders. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's awesome. On demand mm -hmm. classes. Anyways, that's a brand. We do other brands. Uh, HBO, Hotel Tonight. HBO. Yeah, we do a lot of brand work for HBO. Man, uh, I feel like that's an easy one. Miller Coors do a lot of. Like, beer tell brands. me how much heavy lifting is involved in HBO. You're like, uh, watch Game <laughs> of Thrones, and everybody's like, okay, you know, like that yeah. one's that one's like, you got that one, right? Yeah, that's well, you know, but they think about HBO like other competition. They got like Hulu, Netflix, Netflix. You know, Netflix is legit. That's pretty big. Hulu, uh, so Hulu. you have to remind people HBO has the Hulu's best, like the best your shit. old office. And it feels like your new office. Man, I, I kind of wish you never went to my old office. The amount you're shitting on it, you know? It's just an office, man. Yeah, Life's like stepping stones, you know? Now we're at, a, we're at a nicer office. I mean, the old one sucked ass. It's just not a different office. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's Hulu and there's HBO. And there's, just, there's just different levels to the game. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but tell no, I do want to go into this though. Holy shit. <laughs> as you die, as you die and buy time, have it. What's that? What's that candy bar where it's like, take a second, bro? What is it? Eat a Snickers? <laughs> like, take a Wrong second, light. bro? Take a second, bro? No, we won't. We ain't cutting this shit out. We're going to let him die on the podcast. That's the way we roll, authentically. Okay. I, I want to I know. I want to yes, know. Sir. I want to know your, the genius ways that you promote. <clears throat> hbo because hbo is fucking like it's undeniable it's an undeniable force what are you going to do not watch westworld what are you going to do not watch game of thrones like if you don't watch those i i don't know what's wrong i don't know well I don't know what so to we tell did people. a brand campaign <clears throat> no i can't talk hold on <clears throat> fuck me <laughs> i feel like i got roofied <laughs> with your own water Oh yeah, this is my place. Yeah, it's <laughs> no. a home game. Sorry, <laughs> home court. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we would do brand campaigns for HBO that would showcase, you know, all of their different shows. Uh -huh. <clears throat> Fuck me. 
God. Oh, I can't wait to leave this oh in. I can't God. wait to. It's a hundred percent getting left in. No. Is, yeah, dude. No, yeah, dude. we don't edit anything. This is <laughs> That's fantastic. not true. It's gonna be fantastic. Remember when I gave you that free T-shirt? Uh, yeah. And that nice book. Bar- yeah. Some bartering action going on. What was the name of that what? HBO campaign? <coughs> it's what connects us. Thank you. Ah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Oh my God, dude. That's the most severe water choking I've ever seen. That's it's like, still happening. You water, you, it's still happening. <laughs> you fully waterboarded yourself. Uh, <clears throat> it's still happening. When does it end? <laughs> oh my God, I'm tearing up. <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> okay, incredible. yeah. What's, what was the question? What, what connects us? Oh uh, yeah, HBO so we did campaign. a campaign called It's What Connects Us where we took, we flew to every HBO set. Yeah threw up a screen behind them and had all the characters do the HBO sound. You know the opening HBO ah, sound? Ah. Uh, uh-huh. And we cut together all of those ahs uh-huh. <clears throat> to remind people that when you hear that HBO sound, yeah. you know, like, the best entertainment on TV is coming. Yeah. And that was our brand campaign. That makes sense. All yeah. right, tell me through. Because I had, like, so a little... it's not just, like, I oh, had, like, a dragon killed someone. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, so I had, like, a little tiny little marketing agency before this whole on it thing before this whole thing and it was based but it's basically just me coming thing? up ideas well fleshlight was one of the fleshlight was one of the clients which is my stepdad's company yeah so that was an easy one yeah and it's really easy to sell fleshlight so i didn't really have to hustle that hard for no, that one no. no it's like put your dick in it it feels good like, right i don't know it wasn't like the least that was hard the tagline it was like the least, the least hard <laughs> work you could have tried a little do. harder on that i didn't need to oh, okay i All didn't right. need to it's do like you feel like uh he had to hire you uh no he was very fortunate to have had oh me he was fortunate he was fortunate oh, okay. to have had me I, I helped that i helped that enterprise quite a bit uh but i think i'm not the only one that could have because as i said it was like easy yeah. i would just happen to be able to to get in there and kind of figure it out um but it, it was <clears throat> it was a really easy way to get like straight out of college like i don't know shit about marketing advertising e-commerce you know direct to consumer yeah building an email list like crms like this whole i didn't know shit about shit but the flashlight was so easy because like people are horny yeah and you know really the tagline is a variation of put your dick in it yeah you know which is like right. not like not hard to <laughs> right. sell to horny men right you know what i mean so it was like it was like the easy like stepping stone i feel like that is a hard stuff. product to sell it's not really it's not nope it's not uh okay <laughs> like at least from my experience it was just like, like where do you keep a flashlight in your house you know what i mean you keep it on well that's the clever part about it because it looks like if you don't know you don't know and if you know well you know so then you're not going to be Wait, what else would it look like well it could just look look like a open like a vagina of, yeah just out in the wild just a vagina out in the wild but instead it's in a flashlight container yeah. i mean it's bigger than a flashlight would be it'd be a very odd shaped flashlight it's in like a flashlight container so it's somewhat discreet which is part of the reason my stepdad invented it because he's got daughters and like you don't oh, want these smart. vaginas hanging out a lot yeah. of people do as well so you like put the lid back on and it's like you know oh i see there's like a covering for it yeah it's like a whole covering oh, for okay. it and like a lid so it's all like covered oh, up right. and then you just put it under wherever your program is i don't know usually in the bathroom somewhere yeah all right. and uh <clears throat> and that's how you do it okay so yeah what was it? so that was, we got totally derailed on the on the fleshlight so oh you're talking so, about oh, marketing yeah and I was marketing. you started doing marketing you right a company right and that was like so that was like where you get where you get the foothold but then it was just me it was just me coming up with the ideas because yeah. i had like a small agency we work with other things skincare work even with like gold mining nutraceuticals like at one point we work with uh like a variety of different realty like a variety of different companies and like i didn't have a team like i had people i could bounce ideas off of but like at this size what i'm curious about yeah is like that idea for hbo yeah like talk, tell me about like the inception of that idea so there's a whole process like at this level of yeah. where the you get briefed by a client which could be 20 documents with insights and consumer research and all kinds of things or it could be a one pager where they have the ask of what they're trying to accomplish right so for something like that it might be <clears throat> about 
reminding people that we have the best entertainment on television. Like that could be the, the yeah. cliff notes of the brief, you know? And then we have a team of strategists that will crack based on the audience insight, how to talk to the audience and they'll write our own brief, which will be given to a creative team. So mm -hmm. the creative teams are like art directors, copywriters, you know, could be designers, uh, creative directors. So there's teams that all they do is come up with ideas, right? Mm -hmm. And pitch and sell them. And they'll give, they'll get the brief and then try to crack it. And then there's brand management, which has the relationship with the client. So there's all these departments, basically. It's not just like chaos. Yeah. So there's like relationship owners, there's strategy people, there's creative teams, there's production people. And it's sort of like a, uh, it's like a factory mm, of assembly line. Assembly line. Thank you. And yeah. that's how that's how the sausage gets made. And yeah. when it get by the time it gets to production, the creative strategy brand team they've sold an idea to the client. And when they sell an idea, then you have to figure out how to pull it off and make it, and then it goes into production. Then the idea comes out of production, and it's whatever form it takes: uh, an event, an ad, a uh, digital campaign, whatever. That production then goes into the media team and the media team has to figure out where to place it so the most eyeballs engage and see it. Mm -hmm. And so everyone plays their role. It's, a, it's, a, it's the dance of advertising. Right. And that's how it works. And it's less like one person does the idea overseas. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a team. It's, you got a full, you got a full yeah. team, which yeah. just makes the idea better, which can then allows you to have bigger clients and then allows you to get this big ass office. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like eventually and, that's and, and part of you know, doing advertising for 20 years was the inspiration behind the book, yeah. which was if you think about advertising at the big brand level, you have to, first of all, you have to get that whole team inspired to do the work mm. and believe in it and understand what the brief is and what you're trying to accomplish. Then they have to crack the big idea. Then you have to sell that idea to the client. Mm -hmm. And then if they buy off on the idea, you make the idea, then you have to sell it to the audience who ultimately is the decision maker. Right. Because the audience has to come back and watch your show, buy your deodorant, put on your sneakers. It's up to them if that whole thing worked. Yeah. And so if we're selling and persuading internally to the client and then to the consumer, are there lessons there that I could take and extract and make them broad for anyone? Because yeah. all day long we're persuading people about everything, right? Like you're you're persuading your girlfriend where to go to dinner, mm. right? You're persuading your kids to get their act together and catch the school bus. Yeah. You know, you're persuading your boss to give you a raise. You're trying yeah. to get that job. All day long, there's, there's a sort of cosmic dance of persuading people, whether it's conscious or unconscious. And I think so, you know, the way that people have looked at marketing is from that kind of mad men, camel cigarettes lens, like yeah. this is the dark, these are the dark arts. <laughs> right you know yeah. like this is the black magic these are the, this is the people that are building the two towers and have the orcs down in the fucking basement of the fires of right. our subconscious pulling out the ores from the earth and yeah. digging a little too deep and yep. calling out balrog from the fucking bowels <laughs> right like that's kind of the idea wow. of what you went deep there <laughs> yeah i did deep. <laughs> you really I went, went deep tolkien on you that named, one. named a lot of characters yeah, and I, everything. Did. yeah, yeah. I did i went deep okay uh, so that's what a lot of people think yeah but that's that way with the transparent nature of everything that's going on right now that way isn't going to fly it yeah anymore right and and brands aren't you know brands aren't interested in participating in that black magic in the right. same way that they were and so i think that's where yourself and this book the soulful art of persuasion yeah actually finds its footing in saying like all right yeah granted black magic has been played right like we put cigarettes in the hands of people to convince people to smoke one of the most addicting things on the face of the earth that we put chemicals in to make more addictive than the tobacco itself which is already addictive and this was all fucking black magic from the from the drop yeah right in a lot of ways that's not what we're talking about we're not right. talking about the black magic we're talking about how to actually convince people that something could add benefit and value to their life yeah yeah that's right i mean white magic <clears throat> there's uh it's funny you say that madman thing there's i read a a gallup poll recently that said of the least trusted professions in the world 
advertise, it was called advertising practitioner, which I guess is a madman. Advertising practitioner was um, <clears throat> the high, it was like the least trusted professions in the world. Advertising practitioner was only above congressmen and used car salesmen. <laughs> so like, like where people think what we do is pretty, it's yeah. pretty dark magic gnarly. You know, yeah. like we're trying to fake convince people to do something that they otherwise wouldn't do. Right. But it's really not what it's about today. And I think the world we live in with like, you know, fake news, phishing scams. Wait, what is fake news? I don't even know what fake news is anymore. Fake news is like. Is, I know Donald Trump says it all the time. <laughs> it's like mi misinformation. It's just putting stuff out there into the world. So it's like a headline isn't that isn't real. But but if it is real, you can then call, claim that it's fake news. And so then it becomes, <laughs> even the real stuff becomes not real. So it's, you don't even know, people don't know who to trust or what's real and what isn't real. Right. Anymore. And so we live in a world, that, uh, an age of distrust, really. Yeah. Um, and so w when you think about um, advertising or you think broadly about, about persuasion, there's, you know, in in the book, it talks a lot about how I've been able to be successful, which is bucking the Tolkien stuff and really putting your true self out there. You know, the, you know, the old adage, uh, always be closing. There's, mm. there's a, a whole section about never be closing because when you think about always be closing, which is a lot of what you think of in, in advertising and making the sale, that's all transactional thinking and that expires. But if you think about playing the long game, and you don't think about ever closing, you end up building relationships and you end up being successful because you're building relationships based on trust. And that's what you try to do with your personal relationships. And that's what you try to do with consumers for the brands that you work on. Yeah, wait, how gross is that? I mean, <laughs> well, how gross is the always be closing yeah. mentality in yeah. every circumstance? What if you're on a date? Always be closing, right. bro. Yeah, ABC. Like, ABC. That means that's some black magic bullshit yeah. that you're pulling rather yeah. than just being like, hey, you having fun? Like, what are you, like, yeah. always be closing? That's terrible. Yeah. If you're in marketing, terrible. terrible. If you're in fucking sales, like if you're a car salesman or something, always be closing, yeah. also terrible. Yeah. yeah. Like, in anything, that's kind of terrible. It's short, it's always short game thinking. It's yeah. like that, like, on a, it's like that night for a date, it's that one sale for a car, you know, instead of, building building for the long term yeah so it's it's sort of bucking counter and it's counterintuitive to what you think of as selling and persuasion today mm -hmm. and that's kind of how i built my career i hope you guys are enjoying the podcast so far i want to talk to you about our sponsor which is how we make this show possible and so if you want to keep enjoying the show please help support our sponsors and this week's sponsor is butcher box and butcher box is a dope product that I've been aware of for a long time because I'm a meat eater. I like eating high quality, well-sourced meats. And sometimes I can just go to my Whole Foods because I'm lucky and I live about five minutes from Whole Foods so I can get it, but that takes the time to get in the car and to go shop around and then I have to decide whether I wanna freeze it or not freeze it or what I wanna do. And some of the times there's even limited options as to what you can get even at the nicest grocery store. ButcherBox makes this all super convenient. First of all, it's more affordable. Second of all, you have the free-range organic chicken, grass-fed and finished beef, heritage breed pork, wild-caught Alaskan sockeye salmon. I mean, everything that you would want to have a sustainable, ethical, well-sourced meat-eating diet, it just comes delivered to you in a frozen box. So you have it. It's like there, available for you. And that's awesome. Like, you'll not run out of food and the ability to cook amazing meals because you can't source these meats that you like or you won't have to make those sacrifices and compromises that we've all made where it's like well uh, they're out of grass-fed today so i guess i'll try this other thing i mean genuinely and i've made those compromises and i don't like it but genuinely i want to live in a world where every piece of meat that i eat has been sourced appropriately not only for my own health but for the wellness of all of the animals that were sacrificed to contribute to me having the meals that are going to support my body in the best way possible. So it's one of the best things that I can recommend out there. The price is like $129 a month, which works out to like less than $6 a meal. 
And shipping is free completely nationwide besides Alaska and Hawaii. And for Aubrey listeners, if you go to butcherbox.com slash Aubrey, you're going to get two pounds of 100% grass-fed beef free in every box for the life of your subscription. I mean, that's a lot already in and of itself. And then they're going to give you $20 off your first box when you go to butcherbox.com slash Aubrey. So again, that's two pounds of 100% grass-fed beef for life in your subscription. That's a dope offer. I hope you guys take advantage of it. Butcherbox.com slash Aubrey. I think you guys are going to love this product. Well, and, and I think one of the things that you have to have for that to work is you have to have a legit product. Yeah. Because otherwise, true. if you're selling some piece of shit, you better be you better be going straight fucking deep balrog or bowels true. of the earth <laughs> type, of, type yeah, of black yeah, yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah you know? it's true. It's uh, that, that saying is, you know, nothing, uh, nothing kills. Uh, what's that saying? Nothing kills a bad product like good advertising, because if you advertise something and then they buy it, the the it's going to be found out, you know, and yeah. the brand's going to get get smashed. And really, with the advent of social media, that's really when the dark magics didn't work anymore, because mm -hmm. when you put stuff out there and people can comment it, on it and you have a dialogue with the people that are buying it and you just Google they will call it you on your shit all yeah. day long and before you could just throw a bunch of money at it with one message and it would work yeah and now you can't do that anymore and that's why brands just like humans now are trying to align with a purpose and they're trying to say that just existing for the sake of profit's not enough we have to stand for something greater you know we have to have a purpose a reason why we're doing something like what's the soulful idea behind a brand that's more important than just selling the product what do they yeah. stand for yeah and there's a lot of brands that do that really well yeah so a purpose and a product that are legitimate so anybody trying to start anything because there's a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs like those two things are essential i think like so many times people get caught up in the oh we could totally sell this but like that's the wrong way to look at yeah, it yeah. it's not like whether you could sell it it's whether you could give someone something that they're so stoked about they're going to tell their friends about and they're going to come back and get another one and the next version of that thing yeah because it's actually like legit right it and works and you believe in it you believe <clears throat> and in there's it. another rule in there of you know never never sell something you wouldn't buy yourself and a lot of people in this business and a lot of businesses you're just selling stuff because that's what you're hired to do mm -hmm. but you don't believe in it Mm -hmm. And if you're doing that, you'll never win. And you'll never be successful. You'll never sell. Yeah, it's like when Shaq, when like Shaq is in a Kia. You know, like they like, I think that I think that was actually the campaign. Right. Maybe it was a Buick yeah. or something like that. I was like, Shaq is worth hundreds of millions of yeah, dollars. He's not, he's not in, in that yeah. fucking he's yeah. in a Maybach. Right. right. Like I know that for sure. <laughs> I've seen him in it. I've seen yeah. him in it. You when know? you when you thought of starting on it, did you think of obviously you wanted to sell make money and be successful sure. did you think of the what what would be the broader purpose for for on it that you felt in the, your gut that you had to do it well the human being is the basis for every single thing that we're capable of doing right like this is our home and if our home is being threatened then everything else goes out the window yeah like try That's to like convince try to convince a sick person to be generous to their neighbors right or to help people or to show you you know unconditional love or to to see you know the person on the other side of the political party as their friend when they're sick and in pain and don't have any energy good fucking luck like there's nothing that can happen when the body is not taken care of and nourished right so this is the foundation of all positive things really starts in the body yeah you can override pains in the body and con body conditions with really strong mindset yeah excellent spirituality like you can override it but the the body is the base that we all start from so it was really about how do we take care of the body and optimize get it in the best state possible performing at the best level possible so that whatever the fuck we want to do we have the best chance to do it and that's still the principle that we have that's from awesome from inside and out it's like all right let's get Let's get home base taken care of. And then from there, we can do whatever cool shit we want to and do. And then you're, if you're helping take care of those, the broader purpose is you're helping take care of people's home base so they can 
live more productive, successful lives. Exactly. You're helping take care of that base. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the purpose of Vana. And then, all right, purpose of the podcast. Well, then we'll start branching out into more. All right, well, what's your business? Like, this is going to be something that's going to help a lot of people in business. And there'll be others that help people in spirituality or dealing with emotions or relationship yeah. or mentality or all of these other things. But ultimately, like, nobody's going to care at all if, you know, you've got 103 fever because you haven't been taking care of your immune system or your gut biome is so shitty that you haven't produced a quarter of the amount of serotonin you're supposed to. So you're just all fucking depressed in a dark room with the shades you know closed down and you can't go because really you think you have something wrong with your brain and really you got something wrong with your gut because you haven't been getting enough probiotics in your system you know like that's the stuff that's like we got to kind of help correct so that people can actually live and actualize some of their potential i love that yeah i feel like so, so that's why it, so that's why <laughs> yeah. it's worked and the products are good and, and there's a purpose behind it yeah products are awesome i feel like i should take some probiotics right now you should i know dude you know yeah. what? what you know what the future let me talk to you about the future of medicine right. future of medicine fecal transplants is that right that's i'm telling you man future of medicine is fecal transplants check this out they have studies out now where they take a really obese lazy rat and they have a really energetic go get a rat that's just constantly churning up the treadmill and fucking shitting on the other rats because it's such a badass, like the LeBron James of rats. They switch those rats' gut biomes through these fecal transplants. They switch the gut biomes of both these rats. The LeBron James rat then all of a sudden becomes lazy and fat and doesn't want to do no anything. Way. Yep. And then the other rat starts to perk up starts to work out starts to flex its little rat muscles and becomes a bad motherfucking rat because the gut controls so much of who Jesus we are christ dude and and like and they're already they already have fecal transplants available for certain conditions like diverticulitis and like i think it's diverticulitis but it's some other different conditions that they already have it allowed but the benefits you of actually that. humans can do fecal transplant. well it's not allowed oh, except not. if you have this it's not diverticulitis it's some other kind of uh some other kind of condition ryan if you want to look up what kind of condition you have to have to get a fecal transplant that's but anyways, fucking insane when they have like fecal banks for people who do this because it's actually one of the ways that you cure some of these difficult to cure uh, bacterial infections in your gut but one of the things that's going to be really effective is like if you're really depressed or something like that or like have some issues going on like you're going to be able to find some healthy bad motherfuckers feces and they're going to transplant that into your colon and repopulate your gut with somebody else's probiotic bacterial and your whole life's going to change but right now we don't have that available and it's like it's just one of those crazy things that as soon as people get more aware of how important this is because right now we're taking oral probiotics a lot of them get killed we do our best to make sure that they get delivered, but it's not going to be the same as like delivering it straight into the large intestine and then like into the intestines and actually flushing them with a whole new bacterial colony. Like that's going to change the game. Do you believe you should be flushing out your system regularly? Well, it, there... de it depends. I mean, it, it depends. I think there's a benefit to cleansing because the body spends a certain amount of energy digesting and assimilating food. And when it doesn't have to do that, it can go to like the housekeeping programs and start to like work on some of the stuff that it's kind of pushed to the side because from the regular efforts. But um, I think it can be overblown, the whole cleansing phenomenon. But I yeah. think it's also important when it's important. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's a combination. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. a combination of both. So <clears throat> I love that. I mean, it's fascinating, not the fecal trend. That's fascinating, too. Yeah. But the honest story is, is, is so, it's such a good story to tell, yeah. I think. Um, and I don't know how much you position that in your marketing efforts or if the brand is so big now and, and you, the products are so successful, you kind of don't need to get back to that home base story. But storytelling is, I mean, a lot of the book is based on storytelling. And mm -hmm. storytelling there's this um, psychologist, Jonathan Haidt, who said that the, the brain, the mind, is a story processor, not a logic processor. And the way we go through life as the universe is only storytellers, that's how we transport information. That's how mm. we have the belief systems that we have or shared values. It's all through stories. It's not through logic or 
or argument, it's through storytelling. And so storytelling, when you think about your life or you think about a brand or whatever you're trying to accomplish, it all really fundamentally, in my opinion, starts with storytelling. And storytelling is the most powerful tool of persuasion that there is. Mm. And <clears throat> the first time that I sort of understood storytelling was with Kiss, the band Kiss. Mm -hmm. You ever listen to Kiss? I have. They're, yeah. they're terrible. Like their music, <laughs> their music is not. Yeah. Want to rock and roll? Yeah, yeah, you know that song. Night. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. like, you and I could write a million songs better than any <laughs> Kiss song in like five minutes if we sat down and put them. It's all so bass, you know. Right. Um, it's just like the most basic fucking lyrics you've ever read, and they can't really sing, and they can sort of play their instruments. <laughs> And when they you were, must be a musician because uh, uh, you're, yeah. you're speaking this with some authority. Yeah, I, I am speaking with authority. Um, they, in New York, they started playing clubs to like 20 people. And, you know, now they're like selling out Madison Square Garden, 20,000 right. people. And the, what, what they did, the big difference is not all of a sudden they made amazing music. They started to craft a story and the, the mythology. And they started creating characters, you know, the demon the star mm -hmm. child, the spaceman, the cat man. And they created these stories and this mythology that they stayed in character with and where the band came from. And that is what catapulted them to success, storytelling. And, and as a kid, when I was sort of like an awkward kid growing up and I wasn't sure what I was interested in or what I was trying to find, I stumbled upon Kiss and like, you know the Kiss Army? It's like this yeah. crazy big community. And I became a member of the Kiss Army and like traded stuff with Kiss Army fans. And I mean, I was like, hey. and it was, but it, and it was the storytelling. It was storytelling that like captivated all those fans to love Kiss. And we would like call up radio stations and get them played because no one wanted to play Kiss because their music sucked. So explain, explain to me. I gotta, I want to understand more about what a story is and what a story isn't. You yeah. know, like how do you define a story? Because you used a couple of things, a legend, a myth, yeah, a story. All stories, yeah. You know, like and obviously like the heroes, you can talk about Guy Ritchie talking about there's only one story and that's the hero's journey. But this is what you're using it is a different way. Cause that's like a whole story like Pinocchio or fucking Aladdin or some other yep. you know, thing like that. Like we got I understand that as a story. Yeah. But like, what, what are you talking about when you're using the word story? So that's a good question. I mean, I, I look at storytelling as, I mean, it can be, it's pretty broad, right? But it's, um, you know, you think it can be like the creation of man. Like that's a story, right? Like uh, if you think yeah. of Adam and Eve, if you think of the Sistine, rib, like the Sistine Chapel, woman. like that's the example I love. Like if you think of the Sistine Chapel and um, the, the i guess if you relate it to advertising like the the brand was what they were selling was catholicism and the client i guess was the pope you know and yeah. the best advertising agency of the time was michelangelo you know they got the best fucking artists of yep. the time and they they painted this best production team best production <laughs> team yeah okay. yeah <laughs> and they painted you know the the creation of man and and that's how they that's one tool that they use to get that story to create this set of belief systems across um and so i mean it can be that it can be your personal honest story from a founder's perspective why you started something that's a story mm -hmm. it can be you know harry potter book series is a fucking story like yeah that, that one's story easy yeah. you know what i was uh, just thinking your yeah. coffee machine has yeah. a has a video screen <laughs> in it yeah and tries to tell a story while you're waiting for the coffee to come yeah. out it's like this dude's hands and the beans <laughs> and these like red coffee yeah. berries and yeah. like it's it's telling the story of how naturally it's grown and where it's coming from and how right. it's been carefully processed and and i and i guess like that's them telling their story and probably you can just put whatever i'm sure you do put good beans in there but you probably put whatever fucking beans you want yeah, in there. i don't know what beans go in and then and it would be the same movie that was playing yeah, in there right but the assumption is when you're watching that like wow we were actually joking about it because it's a little overdone i didn't know? know our coffee maker told a story like your that. coffee maker That's tells amazing. a visual story as yeah. you're like waiting for the coffee right right or as it's going and i think that's I mean, I guess if you look at something like Tom's, Tom's has a hell of a story. Tom's has a great story. You know? Yep. 
And that story is you buy this pair of shoes, somebody else gets a pair of shoes. Right, or right. like the, what was it, Warby Parker that does the eyeglasses that yeah, does the do same thing? Too. Yeah, You know, yeah. like buy these glasses, fix somebody's. Yep. So the, those are, so those company stories, those are purpose-driven stories. Like why, what they're trying to accomplish with the brand, right? Those are all about purpose, mm-hmm. you know, I think. Trying to be a company that gives back, you know? That's, yeah. that's what their story is. But I think... Stories for people can be long and myriad. And I mean, you tell stories, that's like your whole thing. Yeah. Like you're a storyteller through and sure. through. And I think that is, is just more powerful than if, if you went on and tried to sell everything for on it only by like, f- f- like numbers, yeah. facts and numbers Describing and data. Benefits, that's just, pro- that's just, that's studies. just information. Yeah. That's not like, a story for why or the end result why why it's going to help you in your life and, and go on and, and and advertising needs to be wrapped in there's like the medicine which is the the nuts and bolts of the product and then the wrapped around it that emotional piece has to be a story mm-hmm. you know? and story story can take many forms i think and do you think sometimes mythologies develop around something that probably they haven't even told or maybe so like I, all right, you're wearing a rolex right now right yeah like what's the rolex story because the, the, it has like a mythology and the mythology is you got a rolex you made it yeah that's kind of like the mythology of it right yeah because of the price point and then there's also probably they've crafted some stories about like how well it's made and that lasts forever they last yeah. forever yeah like that's been part of their story like yeah. it's it's all it's all made and probably old Rolex, you know, old Rolex commercials probably had somebody right. like Geppetto, Geppetto yeah. like fucking tinkering with right. this thing meticulously. Yeah. You know, and then like that's a story that they told. Yeah. Or like I think Rolls Royce, they still tell the story about how it's handmade by someone who looks like Batman's butler <laughs> who's like making every single Rolls Royce himself. Yeah. You know, and you see car makers do that where they have like some you know japanese artisan making the new mazda model out of clay yeah. you know and like carving it like you would be doing calligraphy or something yeah i guess all of those are like subtle little stories I, yeah i guess so i mean and i i think like why why some brands succeed and some brands fail is it's not enough just to be telling stories you have to the story has to be endemic to who you are as a person or to to the brand and then you have to be consistent with that story over time. So, like, if you think of a brand like, um, like Reebok, mm-hmm. like, what's Reebok's story? Who knows? I don't know. They fucked over a bunch of UFC fighters. Okay, <laughs> well, like that's one bad story. That's that one bad story, but and that bad story really hurt them. Yeah, that bad story. Like, apparently, this is all hearsay, and I don't know. I don't know shit about shit. So you know, but the hearsay is that the so the the president of the conglomerate that owns reebok and like a bunch of other big brands as well i think um adidas as well yeah, they're in there, yeah. yeah so he was like yeah that was one of the biggest mistakes we made because the athletes that we wanted to be stoked about reebok which was been the best way to tell the story to have all of these people that are heroes you know looking at that that you want which are all the ufc fighters the win would have been all of them going like oh yeah reebok like they came in and it's so awesome. But meanwhile, the way that it worked out, it took away all of their sponsor money and they didn't compensate it enough with enough money. So the fighters were bummed. It wasn't that Reebok was a bad product, but that they were just bummed that they got less money. So then they were telling a negative story about Reebok and it hurt them. Right. Like that, the stories that were told because of that. It like, would have been better for them not to be involved in it. It would have been better all. for yeah. them not to be yeah. involved at all because the stories then turned negative and that's the that's the power of stories too like a negative story yeah like richard gear had a story that he got a gerbil caught in his butt like that didn't help his career that was a a bad fecal (laughs) transfer right there (laughs) that was 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 the wrong yeah that was the wrong that was a wrong that i'm pretty positive that didn't happen no i don't think that happened i don't think that happened no but that was a story that came out and then like uh, i know there was a rapper trinidad james yeah and there's this story that was kind of had some photographic evidence that he shit his pants when he was on stage, right? That wasn't a good story <laughs> that came out. But like people will take these stories. Yeah, yeah. And then they will like like you said, they'll ignore the facts of the matter. Yeah. That Reebok's still making dope stuff and 
that Trinidad James, like we all shit our pants. I shit my pants all the time. Like, does that make him worse rapper? No, just maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Right. Who cares? We all shit, right. you know? But nonetheless, that story was pervasive enough yeah. that it can either negatively or positively affect you or yeah. your brand in a yeah, huge yeah. way. Yeah, in a big way when you have when you have those instances come out, it's how you respond that matters. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how do you respond when something like that happens? Because uh, like an example is... Um, you know, Walmart, Walmart did this contest with Pitbull uh -huh. where they're trying to get likes on Facebook. And um, if whatever Walmart store got the most likes, Pitbull was going to do a concert there. And so these like, you know, jackasses created this like subversive campaign to get Kodiak, Alaska, <laughs> uh, that Walmart to get like the most likes so that they'd have to fucking fly Pitbull like from Miami or wherever to Kodiak, Alaska and perform in front of like three people. And uh, and the way the way like Walmart and Pitbull handled it was uh, <laughs> he likes that one. Uh, That's so clever for yeah. people. So the way the way they they handled it was um, Pitbull's like, I'll go fucking anywhere for my fans. And then the guys that created the campaign, uh, he flew them with him to Kodiak, Alaska, and he played in front of like 10 people. And That's did like dope. a concert. So like they they turned a negative st story that could have been like, you know, screwed the campaign up, and they flipped it. Um, on the counter, McDonald's, I think it was like in Canada, they did something where you could name a burger uh, and they did like an online campaign and people were naming like pound me from behind burger and like uh yeah like all, all this like really shitty stuff uh that was bad to <laughs> it's hard to talk when he's laughing <laughs> pound me from behind burger yeah <laughs> get the quarter pound that's a quarter pounder pound, pound me from behind <laughs> burger uh yeah <laughs> okay so tell me how so they anyway turned, so tell me how they turned they, that one around oh they just shut the whole thing down <laughs> they shut it they down they just like acted like it never happened which is like when you do the reebok thing the way to counter that is pay those fuck like yeah pay the fighters pay, separately pay them all separately and make a big deal about how you're yeah. wrong and like yeah. turn it into a positive story don't yeah. let it like sit out there in the i don't know what trinidad should have done but you know i don't know just just like, like i give like, my fans so much i shit my pants yeah fly, look you know? listen i'm performing yeah. so hard yeah, exactly that, that i will shit my pants <laughs> and keep performing <laughs> you know like i'm telling you jay-z oh, yeah. shits his pants yeah. he's going backstage <laughs> and changing his pants not me right i'm yeah. finishing my set right right you know my 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 concert's so good people shit their <laughs> pants including me yeah so that's how that's how you would do that so, so there's yeah. like a there's a crossover a little bit between pr and like pr and yeah. advertising yeah, to yeah, a certain definitely. degree it's right all, it's all messaging you know and i think um before we got sidetracked on <laughs> the pound me from behind thing <laughs> is uh the um oh yeah so consistency so reebok reebok changes their message like every two years to whatever like uh all of a sudden they're about um you know the, they had like the pump like females working out and they care about their butt then it's about tough mudder races because those were hot you know spartan races mm -hmm. so they're all about that they're chasing they're they're chasing and so they're baked the same thing reebok shoes say nike shoes like comparable you know mm -hmm. but because no one knows what the hell they stand for they end up standing for nothing like why is reebok doing like those those kind of why are they sponsoring that type of stuff right like it, like is it consistent with their purpose that? is it consistent yeah. with their story when you don't know what you stand for right you're all over the fucking place and, and you're not true to what you are you're you just end up being nothing you stand for everything you stand for nothing yeah exactly, exactly right and and you know obviously nike's an easy example everyone uses but over time you know exactly what that where that brand's coming for and what they stand for and what they're going to be about and that brand's obviously crushing it you know and if you do decide to make a pivot 
you got to really go all in. Like yeah. I think one of the successful pivots obviously has been the Domino's pivot, right? Yeah, they've been amazing. Like if yeah. that's got to be like a case example from that a lot of advertisers Definitely. use of like yeah. how to do something dope, right? Like how to And then how to take the first a, pivot they did back to like the other conversation mm -hmm. is they came out and they're like we know our pizza sucks. Yes. You know, they're like our pizza sucks and we admit it, so we're doing all these changes. And that that's their story, you know. That and that was kind of when they said that, yeah. everybody was kind of like damn it creates trust right good for you because they're acknowledging mm -hmm. the issue you know there it creates trust with the audience and then when yeah. they because because food food advertising you know that the food doesn't look anything like what you see on <laughs> yeah. the commercials you know so and it's true, true. it's like yeah. the way that they if you actually go into how they create that it's yeah. like they're using like blow torches and like colors and like paint spray paints and they're like doing all kinds of weird shit yeah to make food look a certain way that it's not that way at all right you know yeah and so this this thing kind of flipped it on its head and then because they said something so vulnerable yeah and so like honest and what people were kind of thinking anyways so true then vulnerable is exactly right and yeah. then when they showed their pizzas you're looking like pizza actually looks pretty good yeah. and you believe them right because yeah, they've they engendered that they've yeah. engendered that trust yeah exactly so yeah uh, i think i think that's a lot of a lot of authenticity like that's really what personal persuasion is and building character is being able to be vulnerable and being yourself and building those relationships um that's what matters i think yeah no doubt yeah. i, I want to keep talking about these different other iconic things so like from your perspective all right so let's look at taco bell yeah right taco bell does a bunch of like they do a bunch of weird stuff and i wonder if it, I, I don't know if you get do they get do you guys like study like how because taco bell's done a bunch of stuff they like did some weird taco bell illuminati campaigns and these like weird kind of storytelling you know kind of half joking half conspiracy theory yeah. weird stuff and then they'll do other weird things where they'll make like the the cheeto or the dorito tortilla you know taco or whatever yeah. and like it's all very it's all very interesting but it is a little bit inconsistent and yeah. a little bit weird but it at least seems like well, at least it's a little fresh in some ways. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't know if that where I think the Domino's one is like a clear like, all right, this wins. Yeah. And then I wonder if like Taco Bell is actually winning or if they're if they're just kind of scrambling. No, I think they're doing pretty well. And I don't know that much specifically about like the the, the quick service retail industry, like that food type mm -hmm. of type of thing. Um, but I do know that a lot of it is about the the next product like how you boost sales is you come up with the next thing and the next thing and the next thing like mm -hmm. every every month or two months you need to come out with a now it's wrapped now you got to go to taco bell because the thing's wrapped in five tacos and a crunchy one behind it and yeah. then it's all wrapped in a bean burrito you know what i mean yeah. like yeah. They, that's all product innovation stories um and, and maybe it's just weed that's driving all <laughs> the taco bell they should do a weed partnership yeah, that for would be sure amazing that, would, that be amazing. would be like the first people to do that that's really smart yeah. are gonna be like especially as now it's getting pretty much legal everywhere they should do that with ease enough. like delivery like weed delivery with taco mm -hmm. bell delivery boom yeah and just have just start off the commercial with people just high yeah and like looking around and everything looks boring you got like a loaf of bread and you got like and then you got a dorito wrapped chalupa chalupa <laughs> people are like damn that looks good that looks good yeah totally i like that uh, exactly um yeah anyway to pivot on something else mm -hmm. um a lot of also you know where i'm where i'm coming from when we started sort of talking about um the age of distrust and you made you made that notion of like that partisan split mm -hmm. earlier like the democrat republican thing yep you know i don't think there's ever been a time in our history where that partisanship has been so divided yeah like it is now and um when it comes down to it we're all fucking the same i mean you write about this a lot in, yep. in what you what you uh put out there and in your emails that we all kind of crave the same thing you know as people like yeah don't you think i mean we're we're like 99.9 percent .9 have the same dna yep you know we're like all 0.1 different yep so if you think about how empathy 
Like that's one of the tenets. Like empathy is so important in life and understanding the other side and your audience. And part of being empathetic is being able to be vulnerable and realize like, you know, we're, we're really not all that different. We're all searching for the same things, I think, in life. It's really interesting because people are so disgusted. Like you said, Congressman was at the very, yeah, like yeah. the end of the list, yeah, right? Because yeah. politics have been, they've been going black magic from the start. And one of the ways politically that you create, that you use black magic is you tell stories about the other side, you create yeah. an enemy. It's the same in war propaganda, right? Yeah. Like if you look at any war, you get the country behind the people you're fighting by putting together a whole bunch of propaganda, creating outrage, creating fear, creating all of these different things. You get people behind the war efforts or you get people behind your political party by using all of these black magic tenants. But eventually people get so disgusted with it like I, and i think we're probably reaching that level that somebody who comes out authentically yeah and like authentic and and that's going to be really interesting if like a republican or a democrat comes out and authentic authentically is like you know like everything we've been doing is like fear-mongering disruptive you know de-unifying bullshit and everybody's been doing it we've been doing it like you think someone can win that way I think eventually the disgust will get high enough yeah. that the only way, like that will be the disruptive move that creates enough trust that I think it could create, hopefully, like the reaction. Because it would have to be strong enough and work in that world because that world is, you know, soulful persuasion is very different than what we're talking about in that world, which is all like negative it's all negative persuasion. Right. You know, that it's all telling and, bad stories about the other. And it goes back to um, the Lyndon B. Johnson ad in 1964. There's this famous ad called Daisy. And mm -hmm. it's what, how he won the election. I think it was Barry Goldwater he was facing. And it was a girl picking a daisy, like picking flowers in a field, like beautiful young blonde girl picking daisies. And then a nuclear bomb goes off. And like the whole screen goes, it's like, Poof! You know, this is yeah. like 1964. And it was basically like, vote for me, motherfuckers, or you, you're not going to be safe. Yeah. And that's, that was like, that's like Damn. negative persuasion. And when that in the, po in the political landscape, when you see that, that kind of idea, uh, it's that black magic works so well, you know, mm, he gets, has. gets him elected leading up to like the, you know, you got Trump calling the candidates you know names like you mm -hmm. know you know what i mean like little marco rubia like yeah. crooked hillary and those that negative persuasion like sticks you know and mm -hmm. it works and and i think that ad sort of set off a firestorm of like oh shit like we can scare people mm. to win mm -hmm. we can talk badly about the other person it doesn't we don't have to it gloves are off it doesn't have to be civil yeah you know and i think could a candidate now, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. Could a candidate now come in and and go like succeed? Or do they have to use the same tactics to get there, you know? Eventually, I think eventually I think the black magic loses its value because people become aware of the trick. Like as soon as you become aware of the trick, then the trick no longer works. And it's about enough people, a critical mass of enough people being aware that like, ah, black magic, gross. You know, like, and, and that, like, eventually. I wonder how you show that to, to people. Yeah, that'll be, the interesting, like, that'll you, be the interesting question. Yeah. I think it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be real. And it's going to have to be, like, really true. Because, you, you know, you have to get through, in order to win and move up, you have to, like. And that's the thing. You like, have these you entrenched, you have these, like, entrenched parties that yeah. you need their support. And you need, it's going to be, a, it's going to be one of the last ones to crack. But I think. The companies that are doing it, you know, these are these are easier because there's n so much natural competition, right? Part of the problem with the political system is there's basically a two-party monopoly. Yeah. So it's one versus the other, and everything else doesn't count. And then those parties actually, to suppress the other parties, have said, "Oh, it's a wasted vote if you vote for anybody else because you're wasting a vote. You're doing right. all this. So there's all they're creating stories yeah. why you shouldn't vote for the libertarian candidate or right. you shouldn't vote for this other person." you're wasting it how dare you you know like you're you're actually hurting so it, true so like all of yeah, these stories true. come yeah. into play but i think eventually you'll have to bust through all of that and create the natural 
competition in education and then have enough people aware of these black magic tendencies it's going to take like someone famous to like have that third party yeah that someone, people respect someone big enough someone big enough to break that up but it would all change if you had three parties you know it would it would all change it would be like the whole dynamic would right. the whole dynamic would shift and that's the natural value of having our economy like it is yeah. like alaska airlines for example yeah. one of your clients yeah. like it has to hustle and do good you know to continue to succeed they got to do something better than they got to do something they got to do something better be price service Mm -hmm. speed you know Mm -hmm. timeliness whatever yeah entertainment like they got to do something that's better than the other guy that creates competition yeah exactly yeah yeah and i think that's the that's i think whenever you try to control that that's when i think things get things become kind of quagmired and a clusterfuck and i think like when people have these untouchable platforms that's when it becomes a problem when it's like this is the only option well then they can pretty much do whatever you want or like the options are really limited and uh but i think all of that's all of that's going to change i think what we're seeing now working in advertising and marketing and like what you're talking about in your book it's going to start applying universally yeah it will eventually have to because yeah. people will people are onto it and people are talking to each other and people are like getting you know they're becoming more aware i mean it's work it's it's become a f- like brands can no longer be successful without standing for something and being authentic you know like the 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 gig is up like they have to be truthful and authentic mm-hmm. or they'll go out of business and i think you know, maybe that'll start to spill over into all aspects. We'll see. But the, the it starts from the consumer. It starts from the audience. Mm-hmm. That's who it comes from. You know, that's who has to push. Uh, that's who's pushed the brands to do it from an advertising standpoint. You know. Yeah, it's really, it's really the occasionally there's an innovator who leads, but a lot of times it's just the pressure that comes from the consumer. Everybody voting with their dollars. Yeah. With what they're willing to buy and what pizzas they want to get or what airline tickets they want to book right. or whatever they want to do they'll push the market a certain a certain way and then some people will be ahead of that and some people will be lagging behind it yeah you know and the more that people lag behind it the more new people will be able to leapfrog them. that's right yeah and they'll stand for something and capitalize and be successful yeah um how can know. how yeah. can like how can somebody who's not involved in running their own business not involved like what what are the things they can get out of the soul for art of persuasion themselves like so i mean i i I wrote it as sort of a handbook for anyone Mm -hmm. uh it's very broad but there's really in my my belief there's 11 habits that people can learn and all those are just things that you repeat over and over to be successful in business and for personal growth and so i just put those down and into the book and tips and tricks and Mm -hmm. so there's you know the four basic principles are being original uh which is learning how to totally be yourself and leaning into it fly your freak flag don't be ashamed yeah um generosity which is really important which is trying to give something away at every interaction habitually so Mm -hmm. whether it's um advice time energy sometimes a gift but really trying to be a generous person. Um, empathetic, which we talked a lot about. Mm-hmm. Empathy, understanding the other side. And then soulfulness really comes down to, you know, skills and purpose, those two things. Yeah. Yeah. And all of these things that we're talking about for brands, like we're all kind of in a in a way our own personal brand. Definitely. You know, and I think what I've found, you know, having a like a having a one of the bigger, I mean not as far as like the biggest of the big but a big enough personal brand that has built itself on authenticity and transparency the things that people like the most are when i show not like the glorious side of things like i can show me doing something awesome and people be like hey good for you it's awesome but then i like post a picture of me looking sad as shit and be like hey i've had i've struggled with depression on and off for most of my life and today i'm super depressed and this is why and you know it's an opportunity for this and you know just much love to everybody out there who experiences that and then the feedback from people is like 
oh man thank you so much yeah. like i really appreciate that yeah. the most and so and i think that's something that we're all starting to become able to learn yeah as well as that the things that we think that people want to see are no longer what people want to see yeah. they want to see the things that are true they want to see the real you they want to see the real you and the real you will always succeed over the projection of you or the you you want to feel like you're putting and it's out always going to feel better too yeah. because any anybody who loves the real you you're going to feel it because you're going to know it's you yeah so if, if you're loved for the real you then you love you really feel the love if yeah. you're loved for that fake ass you that you're putting out That's there right. then you're just getting love for something fake i always think of that oscar wilde quote you know be yourself everyone else is taken yeah like if you're not if you're not truly yourself and you're not afraid to talk about your ups and downs what your belief set are your weird quirks the shit you're into then uh you have no way that you're going to connect with people and mm. people are going to open up to you like when you post something like that people start sharing yeah and they start sharing because you isn't you were vulnerable to do that and you were putting your real self out there yeah. that's really what it's all about that's what personal character is all about amen cool. to that well shit man yeah man that was fun yeah yeah it's good hanging. Let me see if I can drink water again. <laughs> <laughs> that was really uh, fun. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks, Mechanism, bro. the soulful art of persuasion, out September 10th. Good memory. On all of the different platforms. Did you read your own yeah, audiobook? What? Did you did, yeah. You did? Yeah. That's that's hard work, actually. I thought it was a nightmare. <laughs> it's hard ass. Well, work. I had a director in there. Did you have yeah, a Yeah, two, two like, people. I had a sound technician and a producer. Yeah. And director. I did not enjoy that. I thought I was like, oh, it's gonna be so easy. No. All I have to do is read. You know? And they're like, um, could you um celebrate that comma more? Yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like, what the hell does that mean? Celebrate that comma, you know? Or yeah. like, uh, could you act excited on that last line? You know, and you yeah. like reading it over and over and uh -huh. over it's that was uh -huh. tough man it's it's some of the hardest work that i've that i've actually done and that seems like a crazy thing yeah but like it's it's weird and then sometimes you'll think you nailed it and then i'd have my sound technician be like uh, we got a stomach gurgle in there you know <laughs> <laughs> can you repeat uh, like a stomach gurgle what is like, that what yeah the yeah. fuck oh uh, man that's but that's cool yeah. so yeah, it's I'm on audible yeah it's on yeah. audible yeah. it's so much better yeah. when it's you who's when it's the author i think so yeah but you know, when you hear your own voice, you're like, oh man. Yeah. Is that what I sound like? The only difference is is like I've I've gotten some fiction books on Audible where they have like real actors or actresses do it and they can like play the characters' voices really good. You know, it's like because a normal author can't do that no. if they're not an actor or an right. actor. So I think fiction it makes sense because yeah. there's like and then you know, this person said this and this, and you can just like have characters being played. Yeah that's dope but it, for any non-fiction i think it's always you the gotta, yeah i mean it's, have the it's, that's the real me i have that's should, real I you. should be reading it yeah yeah if you had Just some like dude you. with a british accent <laughs> yeah. the soul for art of persuasion <laughs> oh, <laughs> that wouldn't be right that'd be a fucking whole wrong thing yeah that's the whole not, thing would have been like yeah, the whole oh, thing would okay. be a lie yeah all right this motherfucker okay yeah yeah cool man well good shit yeah man that was awesome absolutely brother. thank you and oh. uh thank you everybody for tuning in we love you and Check out the book, and uh, if you're f fucking uh, want to work with somebody who's obviously crushed it and has the dopest office I've ever seen, uh, like a mechanism too. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. All right, all right, brother. Peace, Later. peace. Thanks for tuning in to me and Jason Harris. Of course, check out the book, The Soulful Art of Persuasion, available where books are sold, and then also once again on it.com/slash Aubrey save ten percent on all the Onnit products, and go to aubreymarcus.com, sign up for my newsletter poke around, see what you might find. Thank you so much, everybody. Love y'all. I'll see you next week.